Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 28, The Three Great Leaders. Katie, can you hear me? It's been so long. I'm afraid I lost you. Katie felt her hand being lifted. The inside of her palm kissed, I need you. Please come back to me. Recognizing Jackson's voice, she tried squeezing her hand. Unable to do so, she worked hard on opening her eyes, reaching out with her mind. A firm barrier blocked her mind from his. Remembering how she communicated before, she reached down, using the animal spirit inside of her, she projected. She heard Jackson's gasp, her hand held tightly in his. I see your projection, Katie. She had projected herself in front of him. Don't leave me alone. Jackson's voice filled with frustration. Katie. I see you're trying to say something, but I don't understand. The projection disappeared. In its place was him sitting on her bed the night the malice attacked. Will you stay with me? She asked quietly. Jackson pulled her down beside him. I have no intention of leaving, he said softly. She lay down beside him while he wrapped his arms around her, holding her tight. The projection disappeared. I understand, Katie. She felt the weight on the bed, his arms around her, tucking her head into his shoulder. She could smell his familiar essence. He pressed his lips against her temple, his head resting against hers. I'll hold you as long as you need me to. Katie drifted off into a softer sleep. Katie looked around her. She was obviously in some kind of cave. The smell of smoke was strong as it lingered on the cave's ceiling. She heard a soft singing. Deciding to follow the sound, she came upon a young Indian maiden in traditional clothing. She had crude bowls made out of pottery. Walking up quietly, she peered into the bowls. Each one had a different color. The young girl was dipping her fingers into a color drawing on the wall. Katie recognized the waterfall, white wolf, tiger, and bear. Hello. The Indian girl continued painting as if she didn't hear her. Katie was wondering if she should say something else. You have come a long way, the girl said. I have? Thinking she probably only went down the narrow stairway from the plantation home. The girl looked up at her. Yes. Katie looked at the painting. It was obviously the same painting Reginald had shown them, except this one was not even close to being finished. Can you tell me your story you are writing here? No, the girl said. Katie frowned. I would really like to know your story. It's not my story. It's yours. Katie paused and looked at the wall, not understanding. How can this be my story? When you are finished with what you were sent to accomplish, you will find yourself traveling to help others in need. 
Katie ran her fingers through her hair in frustration. So you traveled here to show me what I need? No, the young girl answered. I did not travel. You did. Katie frowned. I'm pretty sure I live just above ground from here. That is probably so, the girl said. Today, nobody lives just above ground from here. I don't understand. The girl sighed. I have never met a white man with eyes the color of sky or grass. I know they exist because you have traveled and told me. Katie paused, thinking about what she had just heard. I traveled through time? The girl smiled. Yes. This is my story, Katie pointed to the wall. Yes, the maiden put down the bowl she was holding. I thought the painting would be enough to tell you what you need, but you have grown away from the old ways. You do not understand the words I write. Katie wanted to point out there were no words on the wall, just crude figures, but didn't want to offend her. Can you tell me what I need to know? I cannot tell you everything. If I do, you will not have the choice to choose your own destiny. The girl turned to the wall. All life comes from these waters, she pointed to the waterfall. The spirits of all the animals, including man, reside there until chosen to come into this world. The waterfall is an actual place? Katie interrupted. The young girl frowned. Yes, it exists. I mean here on this earth. I can go see it? The girl continued, ignoring Katie's question. There are three great leaders. The white wolf, the white tiger, and the white bear. The wolf resides far away where the sun sets. The bear resides in the north where the winters are very cold. And the tiger resides here in these sacred mountains. She turned to Katie. Only when there is a great evil will the three come together to join forces. She pointed to the tiger. The white tiger is in charge of these mountains. Therefore, he is the leader. But it could have just as easily been in the north, where the white bear would be the leader. Katie thought about what she was told. If we were living out west, like California, then I would be the one in charge because that's my territory? I don't know where California is. If it is where the wolves dwell, then yes, the great white wolf would be the leader. Katie pointed to the wall. What do these squiggly lines mean? They are snakes. Katie looked at the maiden. I don't get it. The girl frowned. You have never seen a snake? I know what a snake is. Katie said in frustration. I don't know why it's in my story that three leaders have to stay together. Snakes are considered evil. They will work their way between the leaders and separate them. You must avoid jealousy, anger, hatred, and contention. These are all forms of evil that will leave the spirit animal inside of you weak and defenseless. The animal spirit does not know how to cope with these emotions, and the evil that is threatening you will win. The Indian girl pointed to the wall. The path you are following is in the center. When you make a decision, it will lead you to the right or left. The choices you make that make you go left 
will cause you to be defeated. The choices you make that leads to the right will result in you winning the battle. She took a deep breath. You will have the opportunity to adjust yourself and return to the center, but it would be far easier for you if you make the right choice first. Katie stepped closer to the wall. What is happening here? She pointed to a spot just to the left of the painting of the white wolf. This is you splitting away from the white tiger. The maiden gave her a knowing look. This is the white tiger splitting away from you. Both of these paths lead to the left. Katie rubbed her forehead. Okay, I get it. There is one more thing you must know, the maiden said. Each leader has special gifts. When they are combined, they can defeat any evil out there. The wolf has the gift of prophecy. She will be able to communicate to spirits who have gone before her or have not yet come to the earth. She will be warned of enemies attacking. She must learn to follow her instincts because they will almost always be right. The girl pointed to the white bear. The bear is a great warrior. He will know the best strategy in conquering an enemy. When he fights, Warriors who have gone before him will fight beside him. He will never be defeated in battle. The tiger has the ability to speak with power in his words. When he speaks, all will listen. The people who follow him will see loyalty, commitment, justice, and humility in his countenance. He has the capacity to love unconditionally, and because of that, his followers will lay down their life for him. The young maiden turned back to Katie. Go back to your home, great wolf. The sickness that controls your body will be destroyed. Can I come back? If you do not understand my paintings, then yes, I will see you again. She smiled. I will try to paint my words clearer. Katie heard a door slam shut. What are you doing? David's voice rose in anger. She felt Jackson raise his head off the pillow. I'm sleeping. What does it look like I'm doing? You will not sleep with her. David's voice came in a strong whisper. This is not the time or place, gentlemen. Reginald's voice was in a low whisper. Jared, the sheriff is here with a search warrant, and I believe he's planning on arresting Katie. Swearing, Jackson jumped off the bed. How are we going to get her out of here? Katie heard some clicking noises. She tried to open her eyes, but they still refused to respond to her command. Holy cow! Where did that come from? David whispered. Now is not the time to ask questions. Reginald whispered. Get her down the stairs and out of sight. When you get to the bottom of the stairs, take a left. Katie felt arms go around her. I've got her. She felt a tug. No, you don't. I've got her. This is not a tug-of-war game, boys. Reginald insisted with a very Yankee accent. Get her out of sight and down the stairs. We'll both carry her, David compromised. Make sure you don't argue on the stairs, Reginald whispered. The walls are not that thick. 
Katie's head banged a couple of times against the wall. Jackson cussed under his breath. She's heavier than she looks. That's because she's dead weight, David whispered. You can call it anything you want, Jackson commented. I believe she weighs just the same in wolf form. I can take her down if you can't handle it, David whispered. Jackson snorted softly. I can handle it. Katie felt relieved when they stopped to open the door leading to the cave. Cool air rushed up the stairwell. Did you have any idea this place existed? David asked. None, Jackson said firmly. It's really wet down here. Katie will get cold if she's down here too long, David commented. Reginald said to go to the left, Jackson said. Maybe there's something else down here. David gasped in surprise. There are old Indian paintings on the wall. Knowing they were in the room where she saw the Indian maiden standing at the wall, she projected her the way she first saw her, singing softly to herself as she painted their story. Katie, are you trying to tell us something? Jackson lowered her down till he was sitting on the floor with his back against the wall. He adjusted her till her back rested against his chest. Go ahead, Katie. We're listening. Katie projected everything she heard from the young Indian maiden. When she was finished, she felt like her head was going to explode. Did you hear her say the sickness will leave her body? David said in awe. Yes. Jackson's words were bleak. Why are you sad? Katie communicated privately to Jackson. Cuz, it looks like I may still lose you. Jackson's voice was soft. I'm here, Jared. I'm right here, Katie communicated. Jackson paused for a moment, then gave a whoop of joy. She's talking to me. She's talking to me in my head. Her body shook as someone grabbed both of her shoulders. Katie, can you hear me? David said loudly. Yes, David, you don't have to yell. I'm right in front of you, she said with her thoughts. Jackson gave her a hug from behind, squeezing her tightly. You're going to be all right. My Katie's going to be all right. Your Katie, David echoed. I don't think so. Yeah, like it's all up to you. I can take her from here, David commanded. I've got her. Jackson held on to her tightly. Why don't you make yourself useful and find out where this tunnel leads? David sighed. Okay, but don't do anything while I'm gone. What am I going to do? Have wild sex with her while she's a zombie? Katie felt affronted. I am not a zombie, she said with her thoughts, trying to portray as much dignity as she could muster, while having no ability to move a single muscle in her body. Jackson held on to her tightly. No, you're not. You're my Katie, and you're going to be just fine. She's not your Katie! David's yell bounced off the walls as it echoed from the tunnel. Just try taking her away from me. I'll kick your ass all over Tennessee. Jackson muttered, holding her tight. There's a door, David yelled. It has no knobs. I don't know how to open it. Katie projected Reginald, going through the series of latches to open the door. Jackson stood up awkwardly with her in his arms. Holding on to her, he carried her carefully. I know how to open it. David's voice was close. Here, let me hold her. I don't think so. You can't hold her and open the door, David said persuasively. What are you afraid of? I'm going to make mad, passionate love to her while she's a zombie? I'm not a zombie, 
Of course you're not, David said automatically. I just want Jerkface to have a piece of his own medicine. Jackson snorted. Jerkface? Is that the best you can do? Here, let me have her, David commanded. Katie was jostled around. She's heavier than she looks, isn't she? David's voice sounded a little strained. Don't worry. I'll take her off her hands if you can't handle it, Jackson retorted. I didn't say I couldn't handle it. Katie heard several clicks. It's a bedroom, Jackson said in surprise. What is it doing way down here? David asked. Katie felt a pull. Here, I can take her from here. I've got her, David stepped back. Katie's head bounced off the cave wall. Ouch, she said with her thoughts. Look what you did. You smashed her head against the wall. Jackson's angry voice filled the cave. If you wouldn't have tried to take her from me, I wouldn't have done it. Get out of the way. Katie felt another tug. No way. You're going to give her a concussion. Just get me in the damn room. Sorry, Katie. We'll both carry her, David decided. How old is that bed? Jackson said in disgust. I don't want to put her on a moldy mattress and get her sick. Just lay her on top. It's better than the cold floor. Katie felt herself being lowered till her body rested on a flat surface. She was on the verge of completely relaxing when the bed collapsed. Choking, she could hardly breathe as a pile of dust flew around her face. I knew she was heavier than most girls, Jackson said. Yeah, David agreed. You can't see it on the outside. I can't breathe! Oh, sorry, Katie. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.